0: Happy Friday, everyone! Welcome to Coffee Break on Unsafe Space. Today is what? I don't know. The twenty ninth, Friday, May 29th, two thousand and twenty. Okay, I'm ready. I'm your host, Carter Laren. Carrie is What's here. Up? In the hot sun? Uh, she's. We're actually live. Carrie, hi. We went. We oh. went live.
1: <laughs> Sorry.
0: <laughs> Carrie went to check on her phone, which she <laughs> left outside in the hot sun. Is that correct?
1: Yes, it's here. I just. I'm glad I didn't leave it out there for. However long we're going to be talking.
0: Excellent. Wait, you know what? People liked the split screen. I'm going to see if I can add a split screen to this again. Uh, let's see. Dun-dun-dun. There's Carrie. Hey, we're split screened. Everyone likes this split Hi. screen better, right? So, uh, wait, we have to right away. We have super chats that happened before wow. we started. One from Low Res Boy. Thank you, Low Res Boy. Uh, he gave us 20 bucks and another one. Let me find the other one. I know who sent it, but I can't find it in the list. So I can put it on the screen. Uh, hmm. Well, there was another one. Oh, yeah. Tina t- Fisk. T- yeah. T- is it? Is it uh, uh, Tatiana well, Fisk? Fisk? My, yeah. yeah.
1: Thank you so much.
0: I don't know cute. why I can't find it here. And as soon as I find it... You'll post it? I'll post it. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. I don't know where it okay, is. Oh, here so it is. Here it is.
1: A, well, while you're pulling that up, thank you guys so much for people who subscribe uh, financially and donate to the show because we were able to get me a new laptop, and it's here, and a new camera, and hopefully won't we'll have as many tech problems on my end going forward.
0: Um, uh, really d- I really appreciate it. Is your camera is it as clear as i it's pretty clear i guess yeah it's pretty clear it's fine all right it's good it's brand new everyone so you can't complain about our camera uh oh ninja kitty so yeah we have a few announcements here first of all ninja kitty has been crowned the first moderator ever of unsafe space chats so uh oh what does that nice. mean it not much uh we're pretty lazy, fair, <laughs> and Ninja Kitty knows that. But, you know, it means that Ninja Kitty has unlimited power, Carrie.
1: Don't let that power go to your head. <laughs> We're not going to become a little
0: fipedom where you're... Yeah. Yeah, uh, so that that's cool. But uh, Ninja Kitty also wants me to repeat his offer. Let me find his offer so I can read it verbatim because it's the kind of offer that if you don't read it verbatim... Uh, people can exploit it and ninja, ninja kitty will owe a bunch of money for each chatter who buys unsafe space merch within one hour after the show i will donate one dollar on monday's episode that's the oh. that's the official offer so there you go wow, that's... hold hold ninja kitty um, accountable thank you ninja kitty also we have another super chat
1: Cemetery of choice thank you
0: yep Cemetery of Choice writes, I finally convinced YouTube that I'm not in the UK and I'm trying to contribute less than 50 British pounds. I can be an American <laughs> cheapskate. <laughs> nice. Thank you, Cemetery of uh... Choice. <laughs>
1: So, uh, Alan, Tatiana says, I look like I'm painting a house and Alan says he is painting a house while he's listening. That's cool. I look, I can't recommend more guys go outside and do some yard work. If, especially if you're forced out of work right now due to the shutdown, it's really, it's really good for, it's been good for me. It's been good to have the sunshine and have something to work on. And, uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, that's what I think a lot of
0: people have been doing that because, uh, I went to Home Depot the other day. I actually ended up not going in because I drove to Home Depot to just pick something up. And uh, the line was like around the corner of the building. It was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I think everyone is doing home projects. so
1: I went to Home Depot four times yesterday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can yeah. get in. Home Depot near us is like people are lined up outside and they're limiting the people that are coming in. You have to wait for like a half an hour, 45 minutes to get into Home Depot.
1: Well, no, not it, that not was. It. it was like that at the beginning here, but not anymore. Yeah. Um. So, I look, but there's a lot of news. Carter and I were catching up beforehand, and uh, it's just been a chaotic week, and so uh, there's a lot to talk about.
0: Totally. Chaotic.
1: Um. Yeah. Do you want to start with some of the news items you had, or do you want me to get into well, things like
0: or things more yeah, than us? I know people in chat want to talk about the knitting stuff that's been happening. Um. I really feel, I mean, we need to address the George Floyd thing. I mean, Monday, yeah. the whole George Floyd incident happened on Monday and there's been lots of rioting um, yeah. since then. So I thought maybe we could start by just walking through a timeline of the facts of like what happened. I have video, which I think we can show without getting censored. I'm not, we're not going to watch the whole 10 minutes of it. But we can watch part of it for people who haven't seen it. Um, it's a little bit disturbing, but it's it's probably worth it's seeing. very
1: disturbing it's actually um someone in book club told me they're they're finally ready to read the book that we chose this month of um, ordinary men mm. after watching this video and just being really concerned with how some how someone how an individual could could do this
0: it's a you know it's a uh, an appropriate book to have chosen obviously you didn't know this yeah. was going to happen but uh yeah it's an appropriate book to have chosen so um let's just go over some quick facts here uh for those of you who haven't been paying attention which is fine if you're not um so uh in minneapolis on monday uh the police got a call around 8 p.m uh that someone was they were going to investigate someone trying to pay with a counterfeit 20 dollar bill uh, pay their deli bill at a place called cup foods on chicago avenue in in minneapolis and so two rookie officers showed up and they found a man that matched the suspect's description that man turned out to be george floyd and they arrested him they took him out of his car he was sitting in a parked car they arrested him uh they took him out and they were and and well, we, we can talk about we we'll see in the video later. They took him out of the car. Then they were joined by other officers. Uh, Derek Chauvin, I think is. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Chauvin, Chauvin. Uh, and Tau, Tau, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure how to pronounce that either. Doesn't matter. Carrie's saying move on. She, But everyone can see you saying move on. So you might as well just say move on. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not, you're not secret anymore, Carrie. You can't get secret <laughs> hand gestures. <laughs> I just
1: don't, it, we can't pronounce the name. Move on.
0: <laughs> okay, um, so uh, Chauvin and and Tao took uh, George Floyd around the corner. They went actually crossed the street um, and went back towards their squad car, where um, Chauvin proceeds to restrain George Floyd by actually having him handcuffed, having him face down like prone on the ground, and putting a knee on his neck. And the original video. So there was a video that uh, bystander recorded of this. Uh, I think it might have actually been I saw Floyd's girlfriend share it on Facebook, but I don't know if she was the first one to share it or not, but um, There's a video and you can watch this and the video is really really disturbing What basically happens is for about 10 minutes you see this officer with the his knee on uh, George's neck and George crying out. We're gonna watch some of this in a minute Um, and eventually uh, after about ten minutes, first of all, partway through, he passes out. Um, it takes he he leaves his knee on the guy's neck for about three minutes. I, I timed it for about three minutes and fifty seconds after he was totally passed out. Uh, still, the knee on his neck. Eventually, medics come. The uh, an ambulance comes. He had no pulse when the medics got there. They loaded him into an ambulance, and um, he never, you know, they tried to revive him. He was never. Revived and he was eventually pronounced dead at the hospital. Uh, so Let's just let's just watch a couple salient parts of this video because it it's uh, it's disturbing But it's the kind of thing you need to see I think so let me find I guess I should have prepared This before we'll go into that in a minute. Uh, where is it? Here it is all right, we'll do a full-screen view and um I'm just gonna play a couple times. So I'm gonna play right around the at right around a minute of this video He's gonna be complaining that he can't breathe
1: Man I can't breathe my face. Just get up oh. Oh. What do you want?
0: I can't breathe Please the knee in my dick. I can't breathe shit uh-huh. Bro, get up get in the car man I will. Get up, get in the car. I can't move. I've been wiping the whole car, ah, man. Ah, Get up, get in the car. Mama. Get up and get mama, in the car right. I can't. You can, get Get y'all the opportunity to get in, bro. I told you, buddy, you can't win. My knee. You can't neck, win, man. I'm through.
1: I know you're a neck. You didn't listen. Uh. Oh, that's stop. Just.
0: So, so this yeah, goes like, on for, at... go ahead, Kerry.
1: Yeah, I just feel like Sylvia's saying in chat. Everybody's seen it. I don't. I don't. I think we've seen enough of it again. I just don't like watching it.
0: Um. All right. I'm not sure everyone's seen it, but w- okay. w- I can I can pause it. I am going to show one more spot because it, it's salient, okay. and I'm sorry if it's bot- disturbing, but okay. You know, reality. Know you need of- to know reality. So yes. But- here it is at uh about three minutes and fifty six seconds in. You fucking stopping his right breathing right now, see. bro. You think that's cool? That's what I'm You think that's, that's cool really though, what's your, passes what's out. Your, oh, right? About what's now. your badge number, bro? And what? And you have to watch. Cool just right listen right now, to what people are saying. You think that's cool though, bro? You're a bum, bro. You're you're a bum for that. You're a bum for that, bro. You can't. You getting mad? You just sitting here stopping his breathing right look now. Look you fucking go out fuck? right now, bro. Look
1: at him. Bro. So Get go, off of yeah, him now. What is wrong with y'all? What the fuck? Go go like he got
0: me! He got me! So they're yelling at me. I'm not responsive. Get over here. No, first of all. You Look, look, you should check on him. He's not responsive right now. back off. He's not
1: responsive right now. Look at him. Get off the
0: street. He's not responsive right now. He's not responsive right now. He's not responsive right now, bro. No, bro. Look at him. He's not responsive right good. now, bro. All right. It it is disturbing to watch. We don't have to watch anymore. But the point the point here is, uh, look the guy the guy um whether or not he was resisting beforehand, we can get into that. It doesn't matter. He wasn't resisting now, and he wasn't uh even after he passed out. Obviously, he was passed out. He wasn't. And he ceased to be responsive, and the officer just kept his knee there. And his buddy his buddy seems to just stay there and keep the crowd away and the crowd was yelling there's at one point there's someone in the crowd saying uh that she has medical training and you need to check his pulse and they weren't really doing anything um and and like i said he kept his neon after that point you saw he kept his neon for another almost 4 minutes um it's obviously it's pretty disturbing to watch um So this is this is the video that went viral. It went around. It's about a ten-minute video. Um, Just so you know, also like there's a prone-induced asphyxia is also a thing. So even just having someone lying in prone is is a problem. But obviously, with your neck choking, is is an additional problem. Um, What we don't see in that video, and we see later in a picture, is there's actually two more officers behind the car holding the guys um the rest of his body down so there's four officers involved there's a guy um derek who's got hit derek chauvin who's got his knee on his neck there's a guy standing there and then there's two more behind and so obviously this is horrific it's tragic and um i don't think tragic is the right word it's atrocious it's horrendous tragic almost implies randomness it's not random um and uh and so what happened so the police issued a statement the next uh next day about this and the police statement was the first police statement left a lot to be desired it just said hey officers saw someone or they they responded to a report of a forgery Uh, two officers arrived and located the suspect a male believed to be in his 40s he was ordered to step from his car after he got out he physically resisted officers officers were able to get the suspect into handcuffs and noted he appeared to be suffering medical distress officers called for an ambulance he was transported to the hospital. That's all they said, uh, which is obviously not a very thorough description of what happened. Since then, we've seen security footage from another camera come out. That security footage shows what happens um, prior to this when the two rookie officers arrested him. Was he resisting a little bit at the beginning? Maybe it's hard to tell. It's kind of far away and by the car, but he certainly wasn't resisting by the end of the video. He was kind of uh responsive and he was in cuffs and um he'd see he looked like he had a hard time walking but it's not clear why but they you know you see them lead them across the street um to where this final incident is going to happen um and then the minneapolis police also released a body cam of uh an officer arriving during this entire thing but he arrived back at the deli where he was addressing the two people who had been in the car with floyd so there's that's not very useful um, at least I didn't think it was very useful. Um, since then, so okay, what's happened? The police department fired the four officers involved, which I think is appropriate. Absolutely, I don't carry. I mean, I assume you think that's appropriate. Um, they fired the four officer- officers involved. Um, there is some evidence that, uh, by the way, that this and and actually this morning, right before the show, uh, Officer Chauvin was arrested. So that's a development that's good he's being arrested and and i guess the fbi is going to investigate this um a it's possible that that chauvin actually knew floyd um they were so maya santa maria was the former owner of el nuevo rodeo club and she says that she hired both chauvin and floyd at her club last year but can't recall if the two actually knew each other they did have they did work overlapping shifts Chauvin worked security outside and Floyd worked security inside. Um, she just wasn't sure if they knew each other. She said there's a couple dozen security guards uh, at some of these events. So it's possible that they didn't know each other, but it's possible that they did and had a personal beef and Chauvin was using his um, authority as a police officer to take out some kind of grudge or he had something against this guy. Uh, I don't know. So I obviously, I think the firing of the officers was was, was warranted. Um, and I think the arrest and trial of officers involved is, is warranted. This is murder. I mean, this is this is uh, pretty horrific. Um, however, I don't like how the response happened. Go ahead. I don't what do like you want that
1: we showed this video. I'm sorry. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> so you okay. and I disagree on this, and that's okay. I just don't. I agree with Sylvia in the comments, like, it's out there if people want to watch stuff like this, and I think people should because they should see the truth, and it is disturbing. I just I didn't know we were going to watch it, and I'm I'm sorry for anyone who didn't want to see it again, and that's all. I just want to say that. So okay, I I just don't I, I apologize and, and to anyone like who, who didn't want said, to see it
0: again. It's yeah.
1: like that's out there forever for his family to ha- to it's it's I don't know it it's good to see the truth, but um anyway I thought. Whatever I'm feeling like.
0: You're shaken by that.
1: Yeah, and I'm shaken yeah. by you know it's like rewatching it again. I'd, I'd already seen it, so. Yeah, uh, I,
0: that's I, awful. I understand. I, I I'm I often go into these under the assumption that people aren't always paying attention and they don't have to go watch the whole video. They've seen the salient points now. And,
1: right, but and they should know what happened. And I absolutely agree.
0: So. Um, um,
1: and I the other thing I wanted to point out about him, I just read this this morning, and I don't know if this I haven't done more research into it yet but um i I read that you mentioned he was a bouncer. Mm-hmm. I read that he was put out of work because of shelter in place he's one of oh I didn't the read I't know thirty over thirty five million people who've uh, been forced out of work by the government um, he lost his job as a bouncer so if he was uh whatever the accusation was that they were presumably going after him for if he was trying to push a bad check or whatever it's like I'm not justifying that, but but look at the position that you've put people in. We've been saying for a long time on this show, yeah. the fallout of forcing people out of work is it's it's unimaginable. Like it's on a scale that I can't quite comprehend. And you know you you turn people, you make them desperate. and um, so that even this is related back in in you know, to what's currently going on in our country in terms of shelter in place.
0: Yeah, and the the other thing, though, it, that, that bothers me, I mean, I, I totally agree with what you just said, but also, he, this was for pushing a uh, counterfeit $20 bill. Now, Carrie, if you got handed a counter 20, $20 bill, would you know it? And might you buy something at the deli later with that counterfeit $20 bill and get, like, he that, exactly. just because he was How trying to pay know? for something doesn't mean he was involved in the counterfeiting of the money. He, like, exactly. he might not have known that he had a fake 20. Some guy might have given him the 20. Or something else right
1: and by the way several people in chat are saying they're glad that you showed it because they hadn't seen it and they are glad they saw it so you know we can be we can be divided on opinions on that it's okay
0: yeah um <clears throat> but so yeah,
1: i don't okay. i the idea that this is look i state for the record which which i haven't seen anyone uh, even in because i online, on I'm in like lots of different wildly different kinds of circles now, which is good because I get to see it's like, like it's like the uh, Scott Adams quote about two movies playing and get to see what the uh, conservatives are saying, what liberals are saying, what SJWs are saying, what like hardcore Trumpers are saying. I haven't seen anybody who's tried to defend the actions of the police officers. I think everyone is universally in agreement that this was egregious
0: yeah yeah and 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 i know a a lot of these shootings that have happened in the past i tend to be uh immediately skeptical of narratives that are like racist cop bad cop does blah 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 because i know you know yes there are bad cops but a lot of times the circumstances are not as uh cut and dry as everyone says and they say things like you can shoot him in the leg or that kind of thing and you know like the michael brown thing um i i you know I was immediately skeptical of the, of the hands-up-don't-shoot narrative, and it turns out the autopsy um, validated me, not the hands-up-don't-shoot narrative and, like, all this kind of stuff. And so, like, I'm immediately skeptical. But part of that is I go look at the evidence, and this evidence is pretty clear. I mean, there's nothing—you look at this and there's not a— there's no—there's I, I, no, like— well, you're not you might not know x, y, and Z, or there's some circumstances here. The guy killed him, and it was pretty clear it yeah. was murder. um so so that's that's obviously obviously horrible keith Keith actually asks a question in chat, which I was wondering when I watched this video. Um, keith says, what would have happened if a private citizen drew a weapon and demanded the cop stop, including shooting if needed? So I was wondering, like, if you're there and this is happening, what can you do because? If you go any further than the people there went, you will be subject to police violence. And there's probably a dozen cops around there. I mean, there's four right in that scene. There you know, may have been others around there. Like, how far does a private citizen go? You know, you stand there and record it and yell. Uh, I, I don't know if you go any further. You could go further and maybe save the guy's life, but no one will ever know you saved his life because... No. Uh, and so they'll just claim that you attack, right. They'll just take the side of the cops, uh, and say that you were interfering in an arrest. Um, I don't know. Um, but what I do know is I don't, um, I don't approve of some of the obviously, uh, responses to this. And, um, one of the most atrocious ones is, uh, the immediate jump to race baiting about this. Now there's no evidence, there is evidence to suggest that this officer is a sadist or a bad person or a murderer like we watched it bad guy there's no evidence to suggest that this was race-based like there's nothing we don't have evidence that this guy did this because Floyd was black or anything this is clearly murder it's clearly a case of of police brutality um that doesn't make it race-related and yet um people are really uh really excited to jump on the race bandwagon. In fact, one of the things that went around, did you see this, that Ice Cube was tweeting out?
1: Okay, so I saw this immediately because one of my friends I was hanging out with told me about it and was showing it to me. And immediately, now this friend is uh, probably not as skeptical as I am about the media and about the media wanting us to be in a race war. Um, and so I immediately was like, well, let me see if that picture is actually real. And I looked it up and that is not the cock. It's a picture of some other guy wearing a, a red hat that says make whites great again. So it's like taking this guy's death and on the back of his body, shamelessly trying to throw gasoline on a fire and turn this into something, uh, it's, 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 it's awful as it is, but to take it and to turn it into something even worse and to try and to provoke, um, uh, much more mayhem, much more death, much more violence. Like I thought yep. this was really disgusting that someone did this and it, it went viral. Yeah. The celebrities were treating, were tweeting this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you said, it wasn't real. So, so, it's so not that him, it's someone else. Right. So that bothers me. Fine. Um, That's an internet troll, and that celebrity is doing their thing. But let's look at what Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Frey, what that what he said in response to this. Now, a lot of what he said is fine. It's accurate. He's criticizes the police. A lot of it's good. But this is how he starts it off. Being black in America should not be a death sentence. For five minutes, we watched a white officer press his knee into a black man's neck. Five minutes. Um, so he starts it off with, uh, he, we have to call out the race of the officer. We have to call out the race of the victim. Um, and he starts it off with this statement, like being black in America should not be a death sentence as if it is like that, that statement is, is like, oh, this happened because this guy was black. No evidence of that. None. Um, and you know, and then he goes and says some stuff, which I think is, is pretty correct he, you know he says when you hear someone calling for help you're supposed to help the officer failed in the most basic human sense blah blah blah. that's all true um and then he says to the black community to the family i'm so sorry and uh and then of course what happens this you know as you said the media wants us fighting each other the media wants a race war i believe the establishment wants a race war like the politicians want a race war so what happens we yeah because we've, if we're we've
1: if if we're fighting each other over and some manufactured war, then we're not fighting, we're not fighting them. <laughs> we're not fighting them. We're not fighting the elites. Like That's, that's exactly right. what they want. It's yeah. the same reason they try and stoke this ridiculous left-right polarization, which doesn't even really matter anymore. If you look at the two par- major parties, it, there's not that much of a difference between them anymore. But they keep this belief alive that that um, they keep this hatred alive for one another because why because then we're not focusing where we should be it's all an elaborate distraction.
0: Yep. Yeah. Elva Caro in chat says abusive cops t- tend to see two colors blue and not blue. Yeah. And uh, you know I, I I would I wish that we as a community and I mean non-police, like regular citizens, black, white, Latino, it doesn't matter. We should unite in solidarity against the police state. Uh, if you look at what's happened in the past few decades, they have militarized our police forces. They've done it through the justification of the war on drugs or the war on terror. They like war on inanimate objects or concepts is a great one. You've got, what town was that in Texas, Carry where like, they, they they rolled in with like a <laughs> assault vehicle or something to shut down a bar, right? You've got these larping cops, um, pretending then that they're pretending that they're in a war zone, and you've got uh, you've got military tactics, military weapons, all being used in the name. I think the war on drugs was probably the big push that started all this in local police um, precincts, but you know. This isn't the days of Andy Griffith anymore, right? This is uh, this is a culture of thuggery that has developed in the police, and it's been uh, it's been f- bankrolled um, by us, and they've been they've been trained to behave as if they are an invading force, in that we are nothing, and they're trained to to view us as like exactly like Vaquero said, blue and non-blue, right? Us versus them, Kent, citizens versus cops.
1: Kent did a call back to that police force in Texas you're talking about that rolled in with the tanks. He said, meal team six. <laughs> meal team six, yes. <laughs> yes.
0: Meal team, team six, exactly. That's what, yeah. Um,
1: okay, I'm going to put, I'm just, a, I, I probably disagree with you slightly here, but that's that's to be expected. You and I have different that's opinions fine. about poli- the police. Um I agree police brutality is a problem and I agree that um, we have militarized the police. Um, I, I guess it's just, I think about the cops I know who are not corrupt and who are in it with good intent and who like very loudly oppose this kind of behavior and who oppose the government force shutdown and don't want to enforce that, who are in it to to be officers of the peace, not to be these tyrannical, oppressive, you know, corrupt...
0: How's that um, How's that a disagreement kind of to what I just said? I'm just curious. I guess
1: it's not a disagreement. I just want to... I just oftentimes when I hear conversations about... You're, you're reminding me of um, Jimmy Dore, by the way, since we've mentioned him recently, who um, is in agreement with um, uh, a
0: lot of what you're saying about the police state. Um I don't know. I mean, look, they, they they want us they want us fighting each other because they they want they they want to be they want an authoritarian government and they justify it by making everything illegal and then they you know, you make pot illegal and suddenly every freaking town needs to have an entire <laughs> their own drug enforcement agency and lots of funding and lots of weapons and tactical training and they need to be able to go issue no knocks and like suddenly they've, they've militarized everything and and, it, and when something like this happens what we get told what, or what, not what we get what they tell us is oh this isn't a case of runaway runaway authoritarian thugs And like, we need to dial back the thuggery of our police force. No, they say, oh, this is just white people being racist. That's what this is. Fight amongst yourselves over that. Go burn down your city because white people are racist. That's what they say to us. And like, we need to be in solidarity with the black people. Like, us, the white community needs to be in solidarity with the black community over the oppressive use of force that police bring to every situation. Police don't just shoot black people. Yes, that gets to be in the news more. I get it, but they mistreat everyone, and obviously it's not all police, but there is a culture that has developed in the police force of militarization and authoritarianism. They are becoming jackbooted stormtroopers, and all of us, all of us need to fight that together, but as long as we're making this about like, oh, somehow this jerk represents white people, and this is a race war, and now we're going to go loot right. and burn they burned down a wendy's they burned down an auto zone they burned down a six story building that was under construction that was going to provide uh 200 apartments of affordable housing to people they burned down a liquor store what does that have to do with any of this i'm at least they burned down a police station i'll give them that good for them um, but i don't understand everything else and this is not a race war they're trying to make it a race war
1: they also, I mean, you're not going to see this story on the news. This is I I don't know if you can see this. This is a picture of. Hold it up in the uh, middle
0: because it's your okay. only. Here, uh, we, I'll, I'll black, move you. There you go. Okay. Go black
1: ahead. business owner weeps after his business is destroyed in the, the rioting. Um, this is, it's not a major news Channel Or, of course, they're not going to cover it because it doesn't fit the narrative because yep. they don't want us hearing about how the rioting and the looting and and burning of businesses is hurting, obviously hurting black people. Um, this yep. is on some website, disrn.com. But, you know, I don't see this on CNN. Has anybody else seen this story anywhere?
0: Right. Oh. Right. And this look, this hurts the community. The, the looting and the rioting that's happening is hurting the community. But I get the upset. I totally understand the upset and the frustration with the injustice. I I totally get that. But you're being – they are harnessing – you're being played, rioters. You're being played. They're harnessing your upset and frustration to their political ends by telling you it's a race war. You need to be upset enough to change the police departments in your towns, to change – Draconian drug laws to change the attitudes and the mindset like You need to channel that against the Actual enemy, which is the authoritarians not against some random race that this guy happens to be a member of
1: And by the way, the people who are are rioting uh, I haven't watched a lot of the footage yet myself. So this is me taking Someone else's word for it. And you know, I haven't confirmed this myself but I saw Cernovich and Diamond and Silk uh, both tweeting about how, or both posting about how um, a lot of the footage, if you look at the people who are rioting, it's a lot of white Antifa members. It's like yeah, the there's been usual a bunch of... suspects.
0: So of course, right when you're Antifa, you you jump on every chance to you know hit a Starbucks with a baseball bat, right? I mean that's your that's your raison d'être. So, this is what you live for. Yeah, yeah. chaos. <laughs> right. So and I've
1: seen I've seen white people. Um, Blue check marks, okay, so, you know, the elite on Twitter, um, posting stuff like, burn it all to the ground, you know, right. F the police, burn your neighborhood, F basically. the businesses, burn your neighborhood. And I'm like, wow, how out of touch do you have to be to be talking about communities like b- burning themselves to the ground? This doesn't affect you. You're some privileged journalist off in another city telling people right. who are going to be impacted by this that they should destroy everything around them it's ridiculous
0: yeah because they want great pictures of burning buildings that they can put up on their twitter account like they that they, they just it's fun for them right it's like rooting for an accident um they just want to see they're yeah they're the people that go to the, the car races and hope that there's a massive conflagration and seven car pileups so they can take pictures and put it on social media um yeah, yeah. by the way we should thank a couple people um Let's see. Uh, Wombat of Doom uh, gave us a super chat for uh, it's it's not a race war rant donation. Um, Michelle Hooker gave us a super chat. I think two super chats. And Cemetery of Choice just gave us a super chat saying media promoting health or skelter. Charles Manson oh, wow. would be so proud. Yeah, they totally are.
1: Yeah. If you guys aren't familiar with what Cemetery of Choice is talking about, yeah, read a little bit up on what Charles Manson thought he was trying to do which was to create a, a race war that's back yeah. when when they were doing all the murders at his behest uh he was having them put stuff on the walls uh, trying to uh pin the murders on black people like so they were and they were putting stuff up about pigs and but they they he wanted it to look like black people were killing white people because he thought this would start a race war and and you know yeah absolutely is that hyperbolic it will a little bit that they're doing that, the media is doing the same thing as Charles Manson. It's a little, but it's kind of true. Yes, they want us to be at each other's throat. They've they're more Manson this...
0: cheerleaders than Manson directly, but still,
1: right. But they're they would love. They love nothing more. This is like great clicks for them. This is great headline. This is great narrative for them. Um, it's it's. I find it, I don't know, I just, I, it leaves me a little bit speechless because you take something, and you're right, tragedy's not the right word. You take something atrocious that happens to a human being and then on top of it, you throw gasoline on that fire and, and you, you make everything much worse. The media loves that. That's like, I don't know, yeah. I'm a little frustrated by it. And I see friends of mine or former friends of mine who uh, I'm still in their social media feeds some of them have not in front of me and they're celebrating the riots, which I expect no less from SJWs, you know, back when, um, back when look, let's take an instance where people were killing police officers back in uh, the, 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 the Black Lives Matter uh, rally in Texas in 2016. That was one of the first things that really caught my attention about the true motivations of the people who were supposedly on my side. Was because in my SJW world, I saw people celebrating that, like yeah. they celebrate death, destruction, yeah. chaos, rioting, looting, burning things down. That tells yeah. me everything. I, I imagine know Antifa about your has religion.
0: after parties for riots.
1: Yeah, yeah. Never Mandy Fisher says never let a good crisis go to waste. That's exactly yeah. what they do, yeah. and they use this to. I am going to talk just briefly, Carter, if it's okay at this point, about the yeah. latest SJW knitting thing. Can we can we quickly ha-
0: recognize the Super Chat first? Yes. Um, Dr. N, I'm not going to try and pronounce that. <laughs> uh, watching a YouTube live stream yesterday <laughs> saw a Jamaican with Glock open carrying, having a civil conversation with a cop in riot gear, guarding a target. Cop agreeing with the Jamaican guy and shaking his hand, not on mainstream media. Yeah. Well...
1: Uh, you're not going to put that on mainstream media. I'm
0: not going to be, yeah, because it doesn't, that's uh, not a story. it doesn't forward. The, yeah.
1: <laughs> C- yeah. Wait, where's the,
0: where's the race war there? I don't understand. Yeah. I can't air that.
1: So, so, speaking so go of ahead. them, not, Never, never letting a crisis go to waste. Let's talk about it on a small scale. Um, the latest SJW mobbing that's happening. And a lot of people in chat pointed me towards this. Thank you very much. um, This is happening to another uh, gay male uh, figure in the knitting community who has a lot of followers, who has his own yarn business Um, on Instagram. His name is Stephen B. Um, They've piled on Stephen B because he posted a video about a yarn sale in which he used the phrase, um, take a break from reality. And he used it in the context of, from what I understand, I didn't get to watch the video. He's now deleted it because of the pylon, which now they're criticizing him for deleting it. But he posted the video, and according to them, from the mouth of the SJWs, all he said that I I can find from them that they take issue with is that he said take a break from reality in the context of telling people they should knit. So he's encouraging people to take their mind off of things with a healthy habit not an unhealthy one the way that a lot of people do, not drugs or alcohol or um, mobbing people online. That's how they take their mind off of this, by the way. They just go out. Their sport, their hobby is mobbing people. Um, they they piled on him. He ended up taking the video down. He issued an apology on Instagram. He put, He issued an apology, which you can guess, Carter, how that went. Do they ever accept apologies that they demand? I'm sure they
0: were like, oh, thanks. That was a great job. Um, I understand. We'll leave you alone now.
1: Yeah. They, 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 they absolutely did not do that. <laughs> uh, his apology, <laughs> just like we've seen in the past, um, just like with uh, the, oh, gosh, what was his name? The old yarn maker recently. I'm, I'm blanking on it. Sistari Yarns. Just like with him, they don't accept the apology. Um, that's not good enough. You know, it's a whole list of demands. What are you going to do now to make restorative justice to people that you've harmed? And it's like, can we get back to what he did wrong here? They take it so far. And when you go in and you voice, um, um, opposition to the bullying, the the threatening, and, and the fact that they're using the death of this man, they're using this man's murder as a justification for bullying and piling on someone, has nothing to do with it, said nothing about it, merely posted about his yarn. And that's, that's disgusting. You're, you're exploiting this guy's death. You're exploiting the situation. They never let a crisis go to waste. And if you disagree with them, they, they, um, try to say that you don't care about uh, what happened to George Floyd, or you don't care about black people dying, that's absurd. You know, what I said to one of these SGWs is, you know, what what are what is the outrage about again? The outrage is about black people dying. Well, then why are you in here on Stephen B's profile mobbing him? If that's really what your outrage is about, you've picked the wrong target. You're piling on the wrong person. Um, he— what did yeah. he say? Let's get back to what he said.
0: Well, but can you just clarify can cemetery of choice just ask the question that I asked you before the show which was Wait, why was that offensive? <laughs> can you clarify oh. Oh, why that why okay. that why is saying take a break offensive?
1: Okay, so I'll be the SJW interpreter now. Uh, okay. this is where I come in handy. Um, SJWs say that uh, it's his white privilege. This is where it's your white privilege that allows you to take a break from reality. And therefore, you're a part of white supremacist culture. Um, that you so the idea think- that
0: you might be able to pause from the stress of reality and take a break doing something is a, is a uniquely white supremacist idea.
1: Yes. And, and that okay. uh, he's a white supremacist for suggesting this. But it's only because he's white. If he were in their little cult and he were black and saying, take a break from reality with my yarn, they would be promoting it. We know sure. what they're about. They're not about the—that's why they reject the apologies. It's not actually about any— perceived offense the offense is manufactured the outrage is manufactured um as dr k points out in chat the riots are literally happening blocks away from his store and his house so this this is a guy who's afraid of losing everything he's in the middle of this chaos that's happening right now in minneapolis and he posts a a bit about something very healthy which is to do tend to to, your mental health tend to your mental health and they pile on him and it doesn't matter what his beliefs are. It doesn't, all that matters is that, hey, here's a uh, somewhat successful yarn shop that we can now bend to our will. He, he. as Douglas Murray talks about the invisible tripwires in the SJW ideology, he tripped one of the invisible wires by, by saying, take a break from reality. He had no idea that was an invisible tripwire. They wire. probably
0: but, literally strung the wire at the moment he would like, after he yeah. said it. Oh, uh, retroactively, that could be a tripwire. wire. Woo-hoo. Yeah. yeah they didn't even it know just like it was,
1: Karen yeah. Templar saying um, getting, being able to go to India was so um, you know outrageous to her something she never thought she'd get to do that it was like winning a trip to Mars uh, was well, she tripped their tripwire if if an average normal sentient rational human being hears these things, They can't believe it because these because these because it is ridiculous. It is ridiculous to say that because he said take a break from reality and enjoy some knitting that he's now a white supremacist. That's absurd. But they make that jump. And last I looked, there were over 800 comments in that thread. They're piling on the poor guy. Um, One thing I will say again that that I, I like about I like to see in the knitting world online is that unlike when some of the um, original pylons ons happened to people like Karen Temple or like Maria Tuscan or like um, people are pushing back. There's probably just as many comments in there now from people who uh, are aware of what SJW ideology is who have now seen this unfold several times who understand the mobbing and what the point of the mobbing is and they're pushing back against it. They're not going to put and, up with it. They're yeah. not gonna put up with it, which is good. I mean meanwhile this yeah. guy is still like in the eye of the hurricane, so who I can't even imagine how he feels. But um but these people their their ideology is vile. I'm not gonna go so far as to call them evil. Carter and I have a <laughs> ongoing disagreement about whether or not people can be evil. I think people are capable of very evil things. And I will say their ideology is vile. It is evil. Here's two things. Just to, I did start commenting and arguing with some of these SJWs before Instagram restricted my ability to comment, uh, which I'm still figuring out. But um, one of them said to me that um, this isn't bullying and harassment, what they're doing. And, and to be clear to anyone who's new to hearing this, they've done this over and over in the knitting world. SJWs go after different knitters Different people who are influencers, who have yarn shops, who are yarn makers um, for the for these ridiculous perceived slights pile on them. And it's not just a matter of not shopping from them anymore. I'm fine with that. We all do that. We all vote with our feet. You know, I don't frequent businesses that I don't agree with. Um, It's not just that. They harass them, they pile on them, they inundate them with um, bullying, hateful tweets. They call them the worst things you can call somebody. They're calling him a white supremacist. Um, They try and destroy your character. They try to ruin you emotionally and financially. They go so far as to call anyone who's ever worked with you and try to get them to publicly denounce you for fear of the mob coming after them. So this, this SJW I was arguing with, she said, you know, she basically said, this is voting with our feet. Like no, no, this is not voting with your feet. We all vote with our feet. What you're doing is trying to cut Stephen B's feet off. You're trying to cut his feet off. That's way different than voting with your feet. We would be happy if you voted with your feet. Simply don't buy from him anymore. But what you guys are doing is trying to ruin a person. It's bullying and it's harassment. And here's her response to that. And this I, this highlights exactly what we said about SJWs. They it is their belief system is racist. It it has a lot in common with white supremacy. It's the other side of the white supremacy coin, but it's the same coin. She said to me, well, this behavior, she's like, you're trying to impose a white standard of behavior. No, my standard of behavior applies to anyone. It's not white, there's nothing white about it. It's racist to say that. She's like, basically she said that people of color can't be expected to be held to the same standard that white people are held to when it comes to behavior. In other words, people of color somehow can't be expected not to bully and harass, that anything goes. How, that, is, that is more racist towards people of color than it is to white people.
0: That's exactly just, something that a white supremacist would say. They can't control yes. themselves.
1: Yes, uh, that's exactly that's
0: what something. it sounds like. It's like, wow, uh, that sounds pretty racist to me. Um, and I, you know what, to the people in the black community, look at this, look at how the social justice warriors perceive you. Really stop and look at how they perceive you. They don't perceive you as another individual that's equal. They don't. They perceive you as less than. They perceive you as someone who is incapable of abiding by normal social rules, like we don't harass and bully online, or we show up on time, or any of that stuff. They believe that you are inferior and you need their liberal white asses to swoop in and save you from the horrors of opinions you might not like or anything like that um, or any kind of criticism. So uh, I you know I think it's pretty clear and if if you know I'm hoping that the more that the social justice people do this, I'm hoping that the the people of color, for lack of a better term, I don't know what I'm supposed to, to use anymore, but I'm hoping that the, the people of color community look at this and say, this is, you're the racist. <laughs> you're the racist. Yeah. It's not it's not this guy who said, take a break from the rioting because the rioting sucks. He's not the racist. He's not the racist saying to, to attend to your mental health because, gee, it's stressful to be in this situation. It's all these people saying... Black people couldn't possibly take a break. They're incapable of doing this. That's they're so racist. the racists.
1: That's so, and, and it's just like uh, the time you and I went through the um, the uh, curriculum in the New York City public schools. <laughs> yes, I was thinking teaching. about that, yeah. Yeah, the racial justice curriculum, which is totally SJW curriculum they're pushing on kids in New York City um, schools. And in that curriculum, they had a big slide where they were talking about whiteness. And they were saying all these different things are symptoms of whiteness, and it was stuff like being on time, or right. uh, being being held to the same sta- standards of academic, you know, success. That right. is so. And we we at the time, I think you pointed out, you were like, wow, white supremacists would really love this list. Yes. Yeah. Yes, because what the SJWs preach and what white supremacists preach, it overlaps for a reason. they it's the same it's the same coin. It's just the other side. They're both saying that what's most important about a person is their race and their sex and their sexual, you know, they're both saying they're both identity politics-based collectivism. It's just that the white supremacy side says, all that matters is your race, it's the most important thing, and whites are the best race. <laughs> and then you've got the SGW side that says, All that matters is your race, it's the most important thing about you and whites are the worst race and people like that it's kind of
0: kind of but almost i I think the SJWs almost sometimes say whites are the best race because that because when you (laughs) say things like well you know only white people can show up on time and refrain from bullying and like well i that seems like you're saying that they're superior like what why like i the really the line between an actual white supremacist and a social justice warrior is is getting extremely blurry the more i watch their behavior
1: Wow. Yeah. It's very blurry. And, and but it kind of makes sense, right? Because if you have an ideology that's based on racism, even though you're preaching that it's anti-racist and it's not, um, you're, you're going to show that you the, the, what your ideology actually is, is going to become visible to people. Like, it's almost like they've come full circle to, I mean, they would feel right at home at parts, parts of a white supremacy rally. Sure. <laughs> you know, I bet. Could take parts of Richard Spencer's speech and excerpt it, and they would love it. it to yeah, and they would love
0: it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm. Th- I think they would. Um. By the way, we should we should pause and thank uh, Tatiana Fisk for another super chat. She says, she's quoting uh, Solzhenitsyn, and she's which is eventually going to be on our reading list for book club. Uh, he says, uh, anyone who had who has proclaimed violence as his method inexorably must choose lying as his principle uh, yes. I'll have to think about that but it makes intuitive sense and it's a great quote so
1: um yeah. one, one other just quick thing about that violence as his method and lying I, I was pe- feeling pretty frustrated last night I feel much better this morning but um I, look I'm human just like everyone else sometimes uh sometimes this battle with my old ideology seems, it seems like a Goliath put it that way. Like it's so big. Mm. And last night I was feeling that way because of the pylon of this knitter and because one of my former friends and and someone I used to work with um, who has become the biggest SJW in the years since we worked together. It's funny, I went, I I ended up rejecting my ideology and she went full hog into it. and she's a white person and she shared this whole thing on her Instagram yesterday about, uh, once again, repeating one of their favorite slogans like bleeding sheep. Um, she was like white silence is violence. And, and it was this whole thing about, uh, how it's impossible to be racist towards white people. And, you know, I kind of went, got into it with her just a little bit, but just to see her spitting out all the same, propaganda, the same tenets of ideology that I used to preach 10 years ago to her, it felt like, wow, like, I don't know, just, just, it's everywhere. It's, I don't know, it's just, it's, sometimes it feels, it's not, it doesn't feel that way today, guys. It's not a fruitless fight. (laughs) But last night, I was feeling just sort of, gosh, like, this, it's just a, it's a massive, massive problem
0: so i'm looking through chat here ron edwards <laughs> ron edwards is being funny he says uh i'm a live black person here ask me anything uh, <laughs> uh he says no i'm not a person of color i'm a black american so that's the thing i le- i grew up i don't know where i don't know what you know you know your background was carrie and how you heard stuff but like i grew up in my like great grandparents i guess used to use the phrase colored people which i knew early on was like, Oh, that's racist. Like you don't say that. Um, And I grew up saying uh, black and then African American, which isn't technically correct. Uh, Black seems like the most technically correct thing. And it's really odd to me that person of color has like, it's like come for circle full circle. And it's like, you move a preposition and suddenly it goes from being a horribly racist thing to say to like, the woke thing to say. Which I guess if the woke thing is racist, I guess that makes a lot of sense. But uh, apparently Ron Edwards in chat does not like people of color as the thing and he would like to be called a black person. So I don't know. Um,
1: Ask me anything. I just think that's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> Ron, are you <laughs> Um well, well, speaking of which, since we're talking about condescending racism, just another quick aside, you know, there are... Um, knitters of color or black knitters or asian knitters or uh, latino knitters who have spoken out against this sjw ideology and and you and i both know what happens when they do that they're ignored so they're totally ignored or at best they're ignored at worst they're called racist slurs like uncle tom or um race traitor uh so here's here's something I, i i still try to wrap my head around about this belief system they claim that your race is most important, not your argument, not your character, not your behavior, not your beliefs, but your race. Except they don't even actually believe that because when a person of color disagrees with them, then they write them off and ignore them. Yep. It's, it's really just they use, they use this fake, they pretend to believe that. It's almost like they pretend to believe that race is most important. They have a reason for ignoring your race when what you say doesn't line up with the ideology. They really only uh, support the voices of people of color who buy into this crap. And by the way, same thing with white people, they write you off as a white person if you disagree on the basis of race, right? They're like, oh, well, you're white, white people should shut up and sit down. Most of the people who are saying white people should shut up and sit down are white SJWs. So they're they're, they're hypocrites. They're spouting white opinions, their their opinions and their white people, and they're spouting their opinion that white people shouldn't have opinions. But but that's because they agree with the ideology. They support they're they're allowed to have a voice and to speak because as long you have to all speak with multiple voices, you have to speak the one belief system.
0: It's, it's Look, I, mean, I
1: still yeah. struggle. <laughs> Here
0: yeah. what the what the powers that be are desperately afraid of is that we actually let individualism take root and white people, black people, Asian people, Latino people (laughs) unite against an overbearing state and a police state and a uh, massively expanding government that's taxing us and regulating us and ruining our standard of living and putting our grandkids in debt and getting into wars in foreign countries. like. They they just can't have us united, and it's it's like, uh, you know, the moment that Black people actually started to get some freedom in this country, uh, I I think I don't I don't I don't know if I want to say there's a conspiracy theory, but like the moment they started to actually get some freedom in the country, the powers that be were immediately like, uh, race war, have a race war, have a race war, uh, like, God forbid we get on the same side and oppose oppressive government, um, God forbid we all stand up and say, you know what? cops don't need tanks cops don't need flashbangs and they don't need to serve uh no-knock warrants at 3 a.m to people who have a you know some non-violent offense from when they were a kid because some snitch called and said they might have a gun like we can stand behind them and say you know what none of us like your infringement on the second amendment it hurts black people it hurts white people it hurts all people they don't want us doing that instead they've just got us fighting with each other and they've really convinced they've really convinced a huge segment of the population that everything bad that's done isn't the state it's white people and that totally changes the dynamic of any kind of conflict and uh it's how they're going to take over i mean it's you know we are a slow march or not so slow sometimes march to socialism and uh and to frankly authoritarianism and uh we can't stop it if we're divided, burning down our own cities.
1: You know, um, you made me think of uh, uh, our friend who participates in book club quite a bit. Um, I don't think he's in chat today, but Thomas St. Thomas wrote a piece um, the past couple days called Three Things You Can Do Based on Your Skin Color for Racial Justice. And this is a great piece. Okay. Uh it's actually, I, I don't know if you saw it, but there was a piece that went viral that was called, you know, here's something like, here's what white people can do. 72 things white people can do for racial justice. And it was a totally SJW piece. So right. his headline is kind of hilarious. It's tongue in cheek, because when you read the essay, he groups people. He's like, just, just find your race in the list below and see what it is that your race can do for racial justice. And it's the same three things for everyone. <laughs> like he just separates it out, but he, it's the same three things. Um, And so I shared this, um, and I saw people in my timeline, white people, a white person, um, basically saying that black people all have the same experience, that black people all uh, fear being pulled over by cops, and in a way that white people don't. And um, he wasn't really arguing with anything in the piece, which was weird. He was just saying that uh, black people—basically, he argued with—he actually argued with one of the points Thomas made, which is that you should assume good faith unless you have reason not to. Um, he was saying that black people should never assume good faith of police officers. And so— I'm not—by the, the way, I'm not
0: sure anyone should assume good faith of police officers, but that's a separate issue. <laughs> you right. He, like, i I protect your ass around cops
1: right, but so he he um he was then confronted by a few different uh black people in my thread who disagreed with him who disagreed with this white s j w and and one of them she said uh you know i don't i don't live in fear of the police when i get pulled over and and it, it, I, I just started thinking about it. I started thinking about this fear that they want everyone to buy into. Like, in order for us to enter into a, a race war, the media also has to instill this idea that we are living in the most racist time, in the most racist country. Right. It's a false idea. Um, but they, but they're, if they're successful with it, this is what worries me about the future. If, if they're successful in convincing people of that, then they could create that. It's like how you manifest things in your life. Sometimes individually, you can actually co- create into being, call into being the very thing you fear the most or don't want, right? Like so, um, like in a relationship, if you uh, are are afraid that your partner's going to leave you, or you're extremely needy or clingy or something, and you and you actually push them away because of your neediness and clinginess, and you call that right. that.
0: It's your response to something that's not there that creates the thing that that yes. you were responding to in the first place, yeah.
1: Yes, you, know. you respond to something that's not there and that actually creates it. I've seen that happen in, um, in life in a variety of ways and I think in a collective way, on a society level, we can absolutely do that. We can call into creation this awful, racist uh, world that they keep trying to tell us exists. It doesn't exist yet, but they want it to and people like the the white guy in my thread it's like i don't think he realizes i think he really does have good intent i don't think he realizes he's creating this he's he's doing his part to create this reality that he says he doesn't want
0: yeah well and and i think you know and a lot of people are the media does a lot of lying about uh about police violence frankly in order to 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 make black people more afraid um now, the caveat is, as I just said, I think kind of everyone should be a little afraid of the cops, generally. Um, but they have pulled out this—they have rolled out this narrative that's like, what, what did that mayor say? Hold on. Being black in America should not be a death sentence. That's kind of the narrative that they've, they're have they kind of pushing is, right? Like, oh, if you're black, the establishment is just out to get you, right? Because you're like—your days are numbered because— If you're black, you live in such a racist society that the entire establishment is just out to get you. Um, And uh, you know, what's unfair about that, pushing that on kids is like, you'll get kids that grow up terrified, rightly so, because all they see on the news is like every example, like every time a cop does something, if it's not racially charged, if it can't be racially charged, it's not reported according to the right the narrative they want. If it can be charged according to the narrative they want, they report it, they make it about the race, they make it sound like this is, you know, they um, you know, I honestly the the um Mike Brown thing was a great example of just totally hyperbolic reporting on stuff prior to facts being out, and you know, you had an entire you had all all of Ferguson rioting over false information. Like Michael Brown was not gunned down by Officer Wilson like I mean he was but like not not in cold blood. He was all evidence including three autopsies demonstrates like first of all he punched Wilson in the face. He was he was charging Wilson when he was shot. Like you can argue whether whether uh you can argue about when deadly force is justified, but it's not a hands up don't shoot situation and they made it sound like this was just an innocent gunning down of uh, a black man and when the facts came out they just they'd stopped reporting it they only they only talked about it when all of the speculation was going on and when they could jump to conclusions about the race um and in this case it's particularly sad because we we see right away it was a bad um act actor we see right away it was a murderous act um you can see that from the video um so all they have to do is play up the fact that the cop was white and the guy was black and you know what? Maybe this cop is a racist, but we don't know, and there's not evidence for that yet. But it doesn't matter. They're just going to keep going and going and going, and, um,
1: and if they're going to create wife- this environment
0: if- where the entire black community is afraid of everyone. They're afraid of you know, they're burning down Wendy's and burning down AutoZone. They're afraid of the establishment, as if it's against them. The establishment's not against them, except except to the fact, except to the extent that the establishment pushes the race war. That's how the establishment is against you. If you're if you're a young black man or woman, I guess the establishment is against you to the extent that they tell you to be angry about at the establishment because it's against you to the extent that they tell you that racism is so prevalent that your days are numbered and you can't succeed. That's how they're against you. That's how they're against you. They're against you by preventing you from having a conversation with white people who are also upset about police violence. They're preventing you from having a conversation about freedom and, uh, expanding government and authoritarianism and they're instead they're forcing you to have this conversation about that's 200 years old about race wars
1: yeah cemetery uh, we have said uh if george floyd had been white the story would have been local and fizzled after about 12 hours that's true that's true because it, it wouldn't fit the narrative they they have to push the narrative that they
0: only report stories that fit the narrative yeah
1: right that police brutality is specifically against black people, that it's never against white people, and that there's this divide between black and white, which is BS.
0: Right, Um, Right. police brutality is police brutality. By the way, let's let's catch up on some super chats. Wombat of Doom, uh, another Carter Rant donation. Thank you, Wombat. Thanks, Uh, Wombat. Tatiana Fisk uh, says, sorry guys, I gotta go getting outdoors with the eight-year-old Love you all. Later, guys. Have fun with your eight-year-old outside, Tatiana. And we got we got more. Geez, you guys. We lo- I appreciate the love. Uh,
1: wow, thanks, Doctor K.
0: Doctor K, I'll wait till the other ones disappear off the screen, and we'll put on we'll put on the next two on the screen. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I lost Dr. my train K of thought. Doctor K says,
1: um, well, you can put it up in a minute, but I'll just go ahead and read these. Doctor okay. K says, just bought a whole bunch of yarn from Stephen B. And I hope everyone who can does the same. Show him it will be okay. That's great. Um, and then Keith, the hat guy. Thank you, Keith. He says we are allowed to call out bad lawyers, bad doctors, bad mechanics, bad cooks, but never bad police. Different rules. Support the police? Not.
0: Yeah. I mean, we do have. We do have a. We've kind of conflated. Um, the police do seem to get like as an organization this uh, reverence that I-, I guess this may be deserved in, in, in an Andy Griffith society where they're the ones dealing with the few uh, murderous bad apples and you know they're they're protecting the community like I, I get that reverence like that that makes sense but um, the police are more than that today uh, they're a lot more than that and so um, it's a it's a complex it's a it's a complex situation, and you know I don't I think most of what the police do now is not they're not arresting murderers and thieves they're <laughs> going after drug dealers and you know that kind of stuff right they're fighting the war on drugs. Uh, well, hey, as a counterpoint,
1: the car as a counterpoint. car goes off every
0: time. It's sorry, my car alarm. Literally, by the way, we I've been waiting uh, for this. Only Mondays and Fridays, only during our show. Never the rest of the week. No idea. It's it's so, bizarre.
1: So as a counterpoint, though, Cemetery of Choice says, there, as a counterpoint to what Keith said, Cemetery of Choice says there's nobody calling for us to kill all lawyers and mechanics.
0: That's meaning true. Meaning the
1: way that people say kill cops. So you, that's true. I think true. that's why, that's that's why you have this, because it's so stark. It's so... Um, it's such a uh, either-or situation with cops. It's like you, when when the truth is much more nuanced. But but because there are people who are like kill all cops, all cops are awful. Then you have the group that's like support all cops, and you have this reverence towards cops. I think they right. they're both interdependent on each other. Right. And obviously, they none cause, of those are
0: true. Like right? right. all cops aren't awful, and all cops aren't great. That's pretty obvious, right. I think. Um, but, but the, poli- the institution of the police does need to be completely revamped and, I would argue, massively curtailed. Um, and partly you do that through getting rid of, you know, if there was no war on drugs, uh, there wouldn't be a lot of body armor and SWAT teams uh, in your local police force. Uh, you know, they, they, all this is just justified through, through laws. Um, I, I, I know what I did want to say about um, the police reporting or uh, media reporting black crime, there's also this narrative that blacks get shot by police um, disproportionately. And I, that's, not, that's not as straightforward as you think. Um, so there are people that argue, well, more whites get shot than, than blacks. Uh, that's true, but there are more whites in the country. So then you have to ask, you go one level deeper. Okay, well, uh, as a percentage of the population... And then you look at it and say, "Oh well, look, blacks are more likely to get shot as a percentage of the population." Okay, so that looks like there's a problem. Then, if you look a little deeper, um, actually, in terms of uh, people committing crimes, whites are more likely to get shot. Um, so, uh, in two thousand one, for example, a statistical study showed that black pit people comprised twelve percent of the population but committed forty three percent of the killings of officers. So, like, when you start to throw in complexity there. It doesn't become obvious that officers are gunning for black people in general. I'm I'm sure some are, um, and, uh, and then there was a there was a eventually there was a study at Washington State that was uh, I think in, back in 2004 that was about uh, trying to ascertain this, and that study demonstrated that actually they are more hesitant to shoot black people. Um, I, I don't know if any of those are true, but it's not cut and dry. Like I'm not saying that this is the, the you know it's it's a case closed this is the end this is this is cops are not shooting black people disproportionately but it's definitely not case closed they are shooting black people disproportionately um well and it's it's a conversation worth having but we got to have all the facts out when you have this conversation and and uh it's not as it's not just like police are just racist running around shooting black people that's not true
1: well, actually, we've mentioned this before, but the, the Harvard study that came out in 2016 showed that there that it's not true. And and what's interesting about that yes. study is the economics professor, Roland Pryor, who conducted that study, is a black man. And he has said on record that he, he thought the results would be different. He thought that his study was going to show um, that po- police officers disproportionately um, kill black people in the line of work. In fact, he found, here's what he found, two interesting things, yep. that black people and Latino people are more likely to be met with physical force in general than white people are at the hands of cops. But then he found that white people were more likely to be met with lethal force at the hands of cops. Interesting. And that study was um, was was interesting, not only because the, the guy who conducted it said, the Harvard, Harvard professor said he expected the opposite about lethal force, um, but it was also interesting but, to see the way that the press treated that study. Um, they, of course, went after it because it doesn't support the narrative. And Snopes ended up doing— Snopes oh, jumped really? into the fray, as they do, yeah, to try and uh, discredit this guy. Um, Snopes decided to discredit that, the study? Yeah. They tried to tell you, don't believe what this study says. So <laughs> so mean, now Snopes is a, is a peer-reviewed
0: it, journal. <laughs> any
1: and, and, and like with any study, there's no one study that I, I don't like when people point to one study that supports something and so this is the way things are. St- all studies have different methodology, um, different things they take different different uh, things they take into account. Um, you can look at this guy's study and hold it up against other studies. My, my suggestion with anything like this is to look at a lot of them, and then try and form your opinion. Not you can't just look at one of them, but um, but that was a big one because it got. It got really trashed in the mainstream media.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, of course, the media doesn't want, you know, if you're, if you want to create chaos and and spread dissent, you don't, nuance isn't your enemy. So they just want like, you know, whatever blanket explanation for this problem, uh, you know pushes our narrative forward that's the one we're going to go with and we're going to just spread it everywhere um and we're going to we're going to cherry pick any stats we can that make it look like that narrative is correct and we're not going to have a nuanced conversation about what actually might be happening um because because you all are too stupid and the authoritarians need to be in charge of you anyway um <clears throat> by the way i just put up a couple super chats uh ron edwards says uh, i've lived here in baltimore for the last 20 years as a black man and managed to not even get a parking ticket well that just can't be true ron uh in fact, <laughs> uh, I, I suppose you've probably been shot uh, several times for being black. So I just don't believe you. Um, thank, you, <laughs> thank, you thank you for the super chat, Raw. Thank you for the super chat, Raw. I'm kidding. Uh, and Kent Owner for Chuck says, Bad dichotomy is part of most stupid thinking. It is a common thing, right? The false dichotomy is a common thing where it's like, oh, you don't support you don't support wearing masks? You must not care about people. It's like, that's not, those aren't the two options in the world. That's not the, the limited, you know, the, the, the universe of options is not limited to those two choices you just gave me. Um, just like the limited of, you know, the, it's not all cops are great or all cops are bad. That Those aren't the two choices in the world. That's not how the universe works. Um, but of course, uh, that's, oh, Keith. Keith says, Ron must not have a car.
1: <laughs> if he hasn't gotten a parking ticket yeah <laughs> um hey so i i want to hit this last topic today if we have time before we have to go so yeah and it is what? some tangentially related okay uh, yesterday president trump came out with uh an executive order about social media censorship and i read the order last night because i wanted to better understand it to see if it had any teeth in it, first of all, which I don't, I can't, I still can't really tell if it has teeth in it. I'm, I want to hear your opinion about it, Carter. I want to hear other people's opinions. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: but on the whole, here's what he's saying. I'll, and, and we can go through the order itself, but in a nutshell, um, he's talking about the fact that social big social. Okay. So these social media companies are treated like platforms instead of publishers. Platforms are immune for what is, published on their platform. The idea being that, that, uh, that it's to encourage free speech and conversation and dialogue, which is necessary to a democracy. Um, but they have not been acting like platforms. They have been censoring people based on viewpoint. Um, they've been discriminating based on viewpoint. And we, anybody who watches this program knows this, I'm sure. Um, but I still run into people all the time who are just don't, just aren't aware of what's been going on um it's really ramped up in the past few years since trump was elected um they've really flexed their power with uh, perma banning some people with really massive followings almost to see if they could get away with it and they have um they also do in addition to outright bannings um facebook twitter instagram all of these platforms they do things like dethrottle people's posts. So they, people they don't like, they they have lists. Facebook, there have been lists leaked from Facebook of people whose posts they dethrottle, so that they show up less often in other people's feeds. They shadow ban people so their posts don't show up at all. Um, they restrict people's ability to comment. They delete selective posts, you know. So this has been happening for a while. And that's not protected because they're, they're, if you're a platform then you can't editorialize the way that a publisher does. You can't censor and decide what goes on your platform and what doesn't the way that a publisher does. The analogy that Carter's given before, I think in this in a, has been, you know, imagine if your phone company selectively shut off some of your calls or shut off your service entirely because they didn't like your opinions. Um, that's what big social does. And so, this was meant to address the fact that under existing law, they're not allowed to enjoy the immunity of a platform if they're acting like a publisher. And this executive order was pointing that out and was instructing um, the government to start enforcing this. And, and I, I have some opinions about it, but maybe, maybe we should just go into what's in the executive order first. What do you think?
0: Yeah, uh... Yeah, let's do that. Um, maybe for context, just in case people didn't see see this. For context here, <laughs> this is what Trump's. This is what's got Trump's <clears throat> ire raised. He tweeted something, and if you look, I don't know if you can see if everyone can see this on the screen, but Twitter took his tweet. So they fact checked one of his tweets the other day. But this tweet says from Donald Trump. This tweet violated the Twitter rules about glorifying violence. However, Twitter has determined that it may be in the public's interest for the tweet to remain accessible. So if he, weren't, if he wasn't the president, they're, they're implying that if he wasn't the president, it might even not remain accessible, but it's in our best interest because uh, it's the president saying this thing that violates the rules. And if we view his tweet, so you got to hit view. He's talking about the riots, and he says, these thugs are dishonoring the memory of George Floyd, and I won't let that happen. Just spoke to Governor Tim Walls. And told him that the military is with him all the way. Any difficulty and we will assume control. But when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Thank you. <clears throat> so specifically Twitter had a problem with when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Because apparently that is glorifying violence. Uh, I guess I viewed this as a self-defense statement, but I guess that's glorifying violence. So this is Trump is pissed about that. So here's the executive order. So, Carrie, I,
1: can I? By the can, way, go ahead. they haven't, you know, remember when Kathy Griffin infamously tweeted a picture of herself with Donald Trump's, uh, an effigy of Donald Trump, his severed bloody head? Yeah. Um, they didn't do anything. And she's since done something else. Maybe somebody in the comments can tell me I haven't really been up to date on my Kathy Griffin news, but I did see that she had, she had tweeted something else encouraging violence. And, of course, it's still up but yeah
0: anyway, I mean just to point yeah, out the double I, obviously standards. they preferentially do this stuff so <clears throat> all right so here's the executive order <clears throat> I'll say off the bat I, well I should probably I should probably clarify for for new viewers uh I'm against the government regulating anything the end okay um so <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's carter distilled into a little nutshell i'm not against government regulating anything but we carter and i do agree on a lot though
0: right (laughs) so i just (laughs) throw that out there so um i expected to hate this executive order um more than i did because um i thought he was going to propose like uh a bunch of um i thought he was going to propose a bunch of like rules about free speech and blah 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 and that's mostly not what's in here. Um so the problem that I've always had with social media I I've, I've kind of always said that I don't think they deserve their carve out in section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. So that's the act that you were talking about just now Carrie. It's section 230 and it says if you are a platform you're immune from being uh you're immune from being uh liable for anything that goes on your platform, but you are allowed to the thing is, they had to have a carve-out in Section 230. They had to have a carve-out to allow for platforms to do general moderation of things like porn and like stuff like that. So their community guidelines. They had to be allowed to like pull content off of their platform and still be a, quote, platform without tripping the editorial alarm. And so there's a carve-out in Section 230 that's like, well, platforms are allowed to do this this small amount of kind of moderating in in, in what's meant to be uh, somewhat objective uh, rules about uh, you know removing porn or removing uh, you know snuff videos or whatever I don't know right. uh, like actual actual stuff so um, however that carve out is continuing to be used by the major media platforms um, that's, that's the carve out that they operate under and they're claiming that all of this censorship that they do do, and we know they do censorship, so we're not going to get into that argument right now. They're claiming that all of the censorship that they do falls under that. This is just their, uh, objective good Samaritan moderation of their platform. It has nothing to do with that. That's, that's their claim, right? So, so I thought this would be worse, worse than it was. Um, all right. And by the way. As we start, we should say thank you to Keith the Hat Guy again, who gives us a super chat. And Keith's super chat says, uh, Giving a little, giving, uh, giving a title and power to a kitty is like giving whiskey and car keys to a teenage boy. He's quoting PJ Work. He's making fun of Ninja Kitty, who is our new moderator in chat. The actual quote is giving money and power to government is like giving in whiskey and car keys to a teenage boy. But, Keith has rewritten it on PJ's behalf, uh, to be appropriate for our chat. Okay. So, um, he, section one of this executive order is, is, is fine. Actually, it's just describing what we just talked about. Freedom of speech is important, blah, 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 blah. It's not an order to do anything. So as a nation, we have to have diverse viewpoints. He, they, this, this part points out that, hey, um, Twitter selectively decides to place warning label on certain tweets. Um, you know, hey, they don't they don't censor Adam Schiff when he talks about Russian collusion, but they censor <laughs> Donald Trump. Obviously, Trump is personally pissed off at Twitter. Um, they invoke inconsistent, irrational, groundless justifications to censor, otherwise restrict American speech. Uh, they get paid by the time Chinese Communist Party sometimes to push propaganda. That's true. Um, they do get paid. To do that sometimes and they push it outlets um so the first one's just kind of like hey i think this is a problem but there's nothing he's not implementing any laws he's not calling for any action so you can't really this is just him saying mostly okay stuff about freedom of speech being important section two uh protections against online censorship this is where he starts to call out (coughs) the cda section 230c um and they explain what I just explained here, that this is what 230C is is for. Um, and it protects you from, quote, civil liability. And um, if, as long as I, you in good faith in? restrict access, that's obscene, lewd, lascivious, lascivious, filthy, excessively violent, harassing, or otherwise objectable. That's the part we were just talking about. That was you're your being a good Samaritan there. Yeah, Carrie, jump in. Sorry.
1: Yeah, on that first part, I just wanted to point out that I thought this was really well written and if if for no other reason, I think this is a I think this is I like the executive order for a couple of reasons. And and one of those is I think it's it's important to have it spelled out for some people what's been happening. So all this stuff in the first part about what's been happening that we're well aware of, there are so many people, especially if they're ensconced on the left in a really selective echo chamber who have no idea what's been going on. And so I I think he spells it out
0: for them a little bit. Yeah.
1: He spells it out. It's great to have the president of the United States, um, his office putting out something like this saying, here are the facts, here's what's been going on because at the very least, maybe it'll start a conversation around this, but Yep. Um okay. Yeah, and, okay. I, and
0: and like I said I like the first part of this uh specifically I think it's a, it's a, it's pretty well written and and it does does just that. Okay. So then he's then they're describing um what we just talked about the carve out in 230 uh that says hey, you know, you can quote in good faith do some of this moderation stuff. And he points out that it was meant to uh remove objectionable content instead of engaging in deceptive or pretextual actions to stifle viewpoints with which they disagree. That's true. It was meant to do that. That's true. That's true. Um, It was not intended to allow a handful of companies to grow into titans controlling vital avenues for our national discourse under the guise of promoting open forums for debate and then to provide those behemoths blanket immunity when they use their power to censor content and silence viewpoints they dislike. That is true. Section 230 was not intended to do that, nor should it be. So this is good. So now he's going to start saying stuff that should happen. To advance the policy described, all of, so this is basically, and what he means by this is like to advance the intent of Section 230. Um, all of this, uh, uh, All executive departments and agencies should ensure that their application of 230, so these are the people who would enforce this. Properly reflect, reflects the narrow purpose of the section and take all opportunity, uh, take all appropriate actions in this regard. I don't have a problem with that executive order. He's saying, "Hey, uh, the departments I control, the executive branch, you're supposed to be enforcing 230C. Please enforce it strictly, right? Please, you know, this isn't. Don't allow it to be wishy-washy where anything is objectionable. This is there. They. This is an exemption from liability, and the reason that. Um, the, the, the caveat I just want to make, having just said, I don't believe the government should regulate anything, which I I do believe, um, keep in mind this government regulation isn't, is a, is a protection that wouldn't exist in the free market. Like normally you're liable for things. Like if you had a limited government, let's just, just talk to the libertarians, not the anarchists in the, in the chat. If you had a limited government, you would have. Liability laws still, like you would have, you would still have liability laws. People could still sue each other in civil court for damage for things. Like this would happen. Um, you couldn't just go write a story that was patently untrue about Carrie that hurts your reputation and publish it in the New York Times. You would be liable for that. Um, so that exists already. That's part of our law. This carves out liability. It says, Facebook, you're not liable for that anymore, so long as you meet these rules. So that's what this is. Um, and so, okay, uh, I, I don't think asking them to interpret this narrowly is necessarily a problem. Um, it's not a problem. It, what it they've done good.
1: is, as you, as you pointed out and as he points out here, they've abused this carve out. And so instead of using it simply to remove porn or child porn or things that are actually harmful and vile, they've used it to remove dissenting opinions uh, people who not just on the right this isn't this isn 't just something that affects conservatives they they remove liberals, they remove radical feminists Megan Murphy was permanently banned from Twitter for saying simply that men aren 't women, permanently right. banned. That is a broad interpretation of this carve out right. to try and say that her tweet saying men aren 't women is harmful that 's not what this carve out was intended for.
0: No, not at all. And by the way, if you want to do away with the entire regulation, I'm fine with that too. Uh, But, okay, here we are. So, the other thing he's asking is, hey, in consultation with the AG um, and some other people, hey, file a petition for rulemaking with the FCC requesting that the FCC clarify, propose to clarify these regulations. Okay, so please clarify. Clarity is good. That's fine. I'm okay with that. Um. The interaction and the things they wanted to clarify. The interaction of the subparagraphs, basically the the nuance that we're talking about. We don't have to read all this. Uh, The conditions under whether whether it's uh, good faith, if in the meaning, um, blah, 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 anything else. So, okay, he's asking them to clarify. That's good. That's not a bad thing. We do want clear rules. If there's going to be rules, they need to be clear and they need to be objective. So that's not—this isn't bad. This is a good step forward. Um, Okay. Protecting federal taxpayer dollars from financing online platforms that restrict free speech. I I don't care about this. I'm not going to read. This section just like we shouldn't be. We're going to investigate whether we're spending money on these platforms. That's fine. Federal review of unfair or deceptive acts or practices. Um, so uh, this is the whole Twitter is public square argument. I'm not a big fan of the Twitter is a public square argument here. So uh, this section I I don't love, um, but he's he's basically saying uh, they should make this seems redundant if the first section is 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 done, um, but he's saying this is you know the FTC should get involved and blah blah blah. I I, I don't know I don't know if I agree with. I have this. a
1: question about that. So, yeah. Um, how does that work? Like pragmatically, what what does that mean? If so so if they choose. So, cause I see this, this executive order giving them two options, right? Stop censoring based on viewpoint and act like a platform again, or double down, go full hog, go, go ahead and admit that you're publishers and just all out censor and ban anyone you don't agree with and face fines for it. Is that, um, oh, sorry, this was about the FTC. I was, I was thinking about the part with the FCC. How does this work? Does he want them to have to pay fines the way that, like, the Super Bowl does when when Janet Jackson showed a nipple, or what exactly would that—
0: Yeah, so for section—so I guess the quick answer for that is for section four, I'm not sure. He said they should consider taking action as appropriate and consistent with applicable law to prohibit these practices. I don't know what that means exactly, and I don't want another government agency involved in this stuff. So, like, that's where I'm pushing back on this a little bit. Um, and the rest of the order, by the way, there's not really even anything worth reading about the rest of the the uh, the rest of the order. It's just saying, hey, we got a lot of complaints from people when we asked for complaints about the, these things, and we should maybe propose legislation to clarify so that Congress can you know, clarify Section 230, which, fine, I, clarification is... Is fine, but um, obviously, what happens if Twitter loses their uh, if Twitter loses their carve out? Um, then it means that they are liable for things that are published on their platform, which they can't survive if they're liable for things that are published on their platform. Um, so,
1: is that uh, what you think that they can't survive? If I they- don't think
0: they can survive if they're liable. Um,
1: Because here's what people were saying to me, and and there was a good discussion about this um, I had on my wall last night and this morning, um, where people who agree with us, people that agree with us already that the Mm -hmm. censorship by big social is egregious and something needs to be done about it, were worried about this executive order because they were like, but doesn't this just make things – doesn't have the potential to make things worse because you're basically telling them um, go ahead and become a publisher – and censor everything you don't like. I don't think they can survive that
0: because if they become a publisher, yeah. yeah, I I don't think they can survive that in the market. In fact, if they become a publisher and something like Gab isn't, right? Someone who doesn't censor isn't, suddenly there is, uh, it opens up the market for people who don't want to be publishers, right? Who are be like, okay, I'm not gonna censor. Yes, Um, okay,
1: so that's- So I I don't think they'll
0: survive. I don't think they can survive. That's just an economic, like that's a business uh, opinion but I don't think they can survive.
1: So my, my gut on it last night was telling me he's forcing them to make a choice. They can either shape up and stop censoring people, which they would be wise to do, or they can go full hog, we are publishers, we're gonna censor and ban as much as we want, and we're gonna go even further and just start outright banning people. And what I was saying to my friends is that option two to me um, I don't know where that ends, but I think, like you're saying, it it could end in people leaving on mats, like like large numbers of people leaving these platforms, going to a place that truly acts like a platform and is for free speech. Like, may I don't know where that road ends, but I think there's at least some potential with option two. And what not doing anything, it's like we're not fa- we're not that far from option two already. They're already banning people with massive platforms. They're already censoring the president's tweets they're already censoring um small people with small followings like us they're they've taken away our ability to make money off of our videos they throttle our algorithms they unsubscribe people from our channels like they're already doing this to countless people it's not that far off from pushing them to go full hog and have it all out in the open and not doing anything not doing anything to me that's a path that i can see where that ends and i don't like where that ends I would rather go down a path where I don't really know what the end is <laughs> than to go down one where I would rather do something without knowing what the repercussions might quite be yet. Doing nothing, doing nothing about the censorship. We know where that ends, and that's nowhere good.
0: Yeah, yeah. And look, I think the two things that I wish Trump would do here that aren't related to, because, you know, I don't want massive regulations on all this. I don't want to, like, get into I certainly don't want the government deciding what, uh, what the definition of political speech is, and but like I don't, I don't want any of that crap getting involved. And like I think, you know, Section Two Thirty opened up Pandora's box, and it's just been, you know, it's been sitting there unnoticed for a while. Um, and it's only because these platforms are now uh, ubiquitous and everyone uses them that we now suddenly care. Uh, but this problem has existed from the inception of Section 230 and the carve-outs. And so this was never really dealt with at the very beginning. And uh, like I said, I would prefer they just never wrote this act in the first place. But uh, two things that I think Trump could and should do. One is he he can, as, as the President of the United States, he's got a lot of influence that's not legal, that's just influence. He could leave. He could go to Gab and leave. He could go somewhere else and be like, you know what? I'm going to take the free market approach to this. I'm going to vote with my feet. <laughs> right? I'm off Twitter. You want to follow me? I'm on Gab. I mean, that would it might put that might put pressure on Apple and and Google to start listing Gab apps in their app stores again. Um, it would absolutely hurt Twitter. I think a lot of people would go. Um, like he could absolutely do that, and that's a Uh, That doesn't require passing any new laws or having Congress do anything or being draconian. That's just a guy with influence switching platforms. He could totally do that. Um, Yeah. He could even probably, uh, I don't know uh, the power of the executive, but he could probably mandate that all executive agencies get off of Twitter. Right? (laughs) And I'll go to Gab. Right? He could move the government, executive branch of the government, not Congress, but he could move the executive branch of the government off of Twitter. He could probably do that. Uh, that doesn't require laws or anything else. The other thing that I think I wish he would talk about is, and this is something that just from a moral perspective really bothers me. Uh, I believe that Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, um, most of these platforms are guilty of false advertising. And I've talked about this before, but I'm gonna bring it up because it's, in, you know, we're talking about this subject again. Uh, Twi- Let's pick on YouTube. If YouTube had said from the beginning, we're going to elevate trusted sources that we think are better, and we're going to censor your videos in these ways, and these are gonna be the rules, and blah, 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 they would not have had the fan base develop on YouTube. People wouldn't have come to watch. People wouldn't have put their content on YouTube. People gave them their content under the pretense that it was a free and open platform, and I don't mean monetarily free, although it was, I mean, you were allowed to say what you wanted to say and there was not censorship happening there wasn't political censorship there wasn't um ranking there wasn't they weren't going to elevate someone else's content up they weren't going to do any of that crap so all of these platforms they started out small and grew because they were not censoring they grew under the pretense of not censoring you and then after they've collected after they've grown and and collected value from you you helped contribute to the building of their platform Mm -hmm. then they turn around and redefine what they're going to do i think at the very least and i think by the way what might devastate all these companies is you could have a court ruling that said uh people are only subject to the terms of service as were first instantiated when they first joined the platform like all right i'm not subject to any terms i've joined twitter and like i don't know forever, like when it first started. So I'm subject to the very first Terms of Service of Twitter, nothing else. Um, Like that, you could totally do something like that um, and say you can't just change the rules on people halfway through. And if you do, you've got to at least have some sort of compensation for them because otherwise it's false advertising. It's like saying, I'm going to give you a phone that works on all these networks. And you buy the phone and it works on all those networks for a year. And then you're like, I changed my terms of service. It doesn't work on any networks anymore. It only works on my network. Like, Well, <laughs> that's false advertising. You just changed what you were selling yeah. me. You just change what you're selling me and I gave you real value. It might not have been monetary value directly, but it was real value because you've then used my videos to to build the platform and get ad revenue. Like I gave yeah. you value under false pretenses. And I don't see why the president is not talking about that because that to me seems like a pretty clear cut case and I'm not a lawyer, so maybe it's not legally well, binding, but morally it's you, a problem.
1: Should we do like a class action lawsuit alleging fraud?
0: I don't know. I mean, it is fraud. <laughs> I mean, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we should. I mean, I'd love to have a lawyer's opinion on this, which I haven't. But, um, Let's you know, get someone on
1: the show to talk about this. A lawyer.
0: Y- yeah, I mean, I, yeah, we should. We should get a lawyer on the show to talk about it. Because it just seems unconscionable, even if it's not legally... A problem it's definitely morally a problem that like you you lured me into your van with candy and then took me to an undisclosed location and had your way with me like that's not okay um you know that's 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 what these platforms have done and uh i don't know why he doesn't talk about that so i'd prefer all that kind of stuff uh what i am scared about is the conservatives getting on this bandwagon of the government being involved in regulating speech on platforms and of course they care about it now because twitter is and all these platforms are anti-conservative right they're, they're clearly SJW and so they've got an agenda but you know the winds change man <laughs> you don't you don't want the government what happens if uh, what happens in 20 years when we have president AOC and she's running the executive branch and these rules are like I've decided what's I decide what's free speech and not you know, like <laughs> you, is that what you want uh you know you got to think ahead a little bit you can't just be like, government should solve our problems. And and actually, that's my problem generally with... That's why I like the liberty movement, not the conservative movement more. Because conservatives tend to be like, oh, if I can solve this problem with government and it's my problem, I will. If it's your problem, I won't. Uh, but the liberty movement is like, no, no, it's a problem for me. I hate it, but I still don't want government to solve it because I have principles. Um, and I'd like us to have principles. Uh, thank you to Michelle Hooker for another... Uh, Two bucks. she says make it happen i think she means the class action lawsuit
1: yeah i mean imagine imagine all the countless youtubers uh facebook commentators on facebook twitter instagram who've been censored what if everyone just got an, a massive class action lawsuit against these people because i know individuals are suing some of the platforms um like, uh, I think Paul Joseph Watson's lawsuit against Facebook is still pending. Like, there are different isn't, lawsuits. Isn't are... uh,
0: Megan still suing Twitter, too?
1: Megan is suing Twitter. But what if what if all of these people banded together in a massive... I mean, I'm not a lawyer. I could be saying stuff that doesn't work and doesn't make sense. I have no idea. I'm just like... Fit-balling. Well, Elva Caro in chat <laughs> says
0: um, there's probably... Some... I don't know if Elva Caro is a lawyer or not, but... He sounds like one in chat, so. Uh, (laughs) There's probably some unfair trade practice laws that apply, but YouTube's term of service require that you file a civil complaint in the jurisdiction in which they reside. Uh, Okay, but you can file civil complaints in Santa Clara County or wherever, wherever, I don't know where their office is, their main office. Um,
1: Uh, QRS says, Cernovich is a good lawyer and journalist you might reach out to on the subject of media censorship. He's made the documentary hoax. Yes, we both- How can he not be aware of this? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. and we um, we have an interview with Cernovich. If you haven't seen it yet, if you're new to our channel, you should check it out. Um, and uh, Hoaxed blew me away. I thought that was it's one of the be- better, docu- one of the best documentaries I've seen in the past few years. Yeah. If you um, haven't seen
0: Hoaxed which, and you're interested in media censorship and and media controlling the narrative generally, not from a partisan perspective, but just just that that perspective, generally. media controlling the narrative, it's an awesome documentary. Um, and two thumbs up. Yes, Carrie. You look like you want to say something, or do you just want to want go to eat to a burrito? <laughs> yeah,
1: it's Texas. I always want to go eat a burrito. <laughs> um, I I just watched the Jeffrey Epstein Filthy Rich docu series. Um, so oh, at I some point, we're not going to we're not going to go there now. But speaking of documentaries, it's on my mind, and at some point, I'd like to talk to you about it once you see it.
0: I guess I will but. go. I will go watch it. Uh, I didn't know. Well, we'll see what happens with uh, Trump's executive order here. Um, you know, I. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know the legality of all of it. Uh, can can I um before we end? There's two things I want to do. One, I want to end on a slightly positive note, which I'll do. Uh, Yay,
1: Carter's ending on a positive note. Yeah. But two, <laughs> I
0: want to talk about one more riot-related thing. Because Kent Anufarchuk, who sends us lots of stuff all the time, uh, sent me this, and um, I think it's worth I think it's worth taking a look at. Hold on here. Because this attitude, what he sent me here is representative of an attitude that a lot of people have. And Kerry will recognize this attitude right away. Um, This person, communist (laughs) so they're signaling from their handle what they are like. They say, quote, looting is wrong, says citizens living on stolen land built by stolen labor, powered by stolen resources from poor countries. Uh, I look, there's so much wrong with that. I don't know. We have to address all of it, but uh, throughout all of history, I just want to, I need to say this every once in a while so people know, remember, throughout all of history, civilizations uh, obtained land and resources through conquering each other. Uh, That's what they did. Um, Basically, every nation that... Is alive today conquered someone colonized took stuff over um, including Including all the nations in Africa, you know the the blacks in Africa in South Africa, for example They're not the original blacks in South Africa. They conquered the blacks that were there before in South Africa <laughs> Like this is this is how it's not just white Europeans who conquered. Yes uh, Yes We came into we I, I'm not I wasn't a part of it. I wasn't around Uh, Europeans came over to North America and did some conquering, some trading, some conquering, some horrible things, some fine things, Uh, took some land. That was modus operandi for the entire world throughout all, all of human history. Um, You know what no one else did do after that? Only in mostly Western countries did you end up with freedoms. And individual rights and the idea of personal property, which by the way wasn't even a thing for most Native American tribes They didn't have a concept of private property. So you can't steal someone from something that doesn't have a concept of private property Uh, This is how conquering worked What makes America unique is not that it was founded on conquering Which I don't think is really the founding of America anyway, but that's a separate issue Uh, Obviously, America revolted against the the colonizers, just to be clear, right? Uh, What made America unique is not that part of the founding. What makes America unique and special is the recognition of individual rights, which are unique in history and uh, and do recognize individual rights and private property. And so um, to say you can't be against looting because your ancestors looted... Welcome to the human race, buddy. Your ancestor looted too. Everyone's ancestor looted everything all the time. They probably murdered, raped, looted. Welcome to being part of the human race. But that's not what we do today. We recognize property rights. Um, We recognize individual rights. And we're trying to create a society, and kind of had a little bit of success doing this, in which individuals have rights, and you can't loot and steal and murder. And so... uh, just don't get, don't fall into this crap when people play this, this kind of. I know it's a stupid argument, but I just I wanted to address it because it's a dumb argument, and but it gets said by the social justice crowd.
1: Yeah, I um well well you made me think of uh, another documentary. Speaking of documentaries and docu series, um I just watched a documentary. It's free on YouTube. Uh, it's on the French Revolution, and that was really interesting. I knew I knew nothing next to nothing about it. But yeah. it was interesting to think about how the american revolution inspired parts of of uh, what they were demanding in france which was individualism individual rights you know the entire concept of the individual being over the state
0: Yep. Yeah. by the way uh someone in chat is saying that i should be turning my mic down if our levels are imbalanced I, here, since Ninja Kitty is our chat moderator, now you have another job, Ninja Kitty. See how this is going to work? Uh,
1: <laughs> you need to tell us
0: if the levels are out of balance, because I can fix them, but I can't fix them if I don't know. I can't tell they're out of balance, because I'm talking. <laughs> uh, and I don't have a producer sitting in here saying, turning levels around. So just tell me. Um, okay, by can way, we end? Ron, uh, by the way, Ron uh, Edwards says YouTube is not free because you don't uh, pay for it. Yeah, it, <laughs> you're, yeah you're paying for it, that's for sure. Um, Wait, Ron. Uh, Oh, and Keith says the blacks now running South Africa took the land from the white people who had developed it They were not there before the farmers employed them only the Bushmen who are still there unchanged Yeah, but I think also even the tribe that was there in South Africa previously was overrun by a tribe from north from north of there I'm not totally sure but uh, Look, that's humans suck for most of history We just like kill each other and take our stuff and rape and pillage like humans suck. Let's not have any of this (laughs) <laughs> ninja kitty's claiming i'm high because i gave him another job well
1: no no i think he means your volume
0: oh my volume's high all right well i will um, here i'll turn my level down but so, should we
1: Harper, can we before we end on your positive note i just wanted to make a couple of announcements book club we've picked a book we're reading ordinary oh, yeah. men
0: do i have um
1: you? Which is a pretty, I've been told, is a pretty emotional read or emotionally hard read. It's on uh, Jordan Peterson's recommended reading list, and um, on Amazon you can get a used copy of it. Currently, you can get it free on Kindle if you're part of Kindle Unlimited. You can get it on audiobook, um, and we picked the date for it. Uh, oh, now I'm blanking on the date. It's the Sunday after. I feel Father's like it's Day.
0: the 28th. Does that sound right to you?
1: That sounds right. The 28th, it's a Sunday. The Sunday after Father's Day. Um, so you have a, 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 almost exactly a month to read it. And then uh, if you want to get a jump on the following book for the next month, we're going to be reading uh, Ayn Rand, Atlas Shrugged, which is also a difficult read. I've heard for different reasons.
0: <laughs> it's just uh, it's a long one. It's a long one. Uh, so, by the way, this is how this is how, you know, if someone is like. They're speaking. They're speaking in audio parlance. Marie says, "I have good speaking balance, but redlining, ranting balance." Thank you. I understand that very well. I will. When I rant, I'm gonna have to like move back or turn my balance down or something, or get a volunteer to sit right here and muck with levels eventually. Uh, okay, Carrie. I don't ha- look. I don't have a lot of great, uh, exciting positive news, but I have one thing that it's uplifting to me. Wait, you look like you have Okay, to wait,
1: say. wait, wait. Well, re- real quick, just since we were talking about book club, before you do your final, Cemetery of Choice asks, does that link explain how book club works? No, if you go to com, we have a book club page where you can watch our previous discussions on the books we've already done, um, and get an idea for what it's like. Basically, we just, you have a month to read the book, and then anybody who wants to be on camera in a video chat where we all discuss the book, you send an email to speak at unsafespace.com and let us know that you want to be a part of the video chat and we'll send you a link. Carter will send you a link to be a part of it, but you don't have to be on camera. You can be in the, we do them live. So you can be in the live chat like you are today, just commenting on the book, or you can watch it later. Um, yep. but it's pretty simple. We don't have any crazy rules. Just read the book. And if you want to be a part of the discussion, you can be a part of the discussion.
0: Yep. By the way, Loro's Boy says, Hmm, not really a fan of objectivism. Uh, which you don't have to be a fan of objectivism. Um, and, but then he says, never read her books either. What do you want me to say, little rice boy? I don't, I, don't, I don't know how to interpret that. Uh, maybe don't take objectivism from what people say it is and read the books. Um, and I'm not an objectivist. I don't consider myself an objectivist, but I do think there's some, uh, a lot of great ideas there. Um, and certainly stuff worth discussing. So, uh, All right. Someone also says, uh, my favorite Ayn Rand is We the Living. It's a good one, but it's so sad. Okay. Uh, here's what I'm excited about. I'm, this is my nerds coming out, Carrie. Okay. Since So on July 2011, the last space shuttle went into orbit, and which was the last time that uh, any astronaut was transported on U.S. soil into space. Ever since then, we have to, like send people somewhere else to some other country to get transported to the international space station or wherever they're going. And, uh, this Saturday, hopefully in a collaboration with NASA, SpaceX is putting people into space, going to the international space station. I love watching launches. Uh, they tried to do it the other day uh, and actually Trump even showed up, but, uh, the weather, they canceled because of the weather. If you're a nerd, um, and like space, (laughs) I like space. I'm a nerd. Uh, Watch the launch. Launches are super fun to watch. It's amazing. It's amazing. Uh do I think we should be funding launches? No. You know, I'm suspending that part right now and just being amazed by the tech. Uh there's some cool stuff uh going up. And um I don't know. I love space, I love rockets. I grew up in an era where uh the space shuttle was a big deal. I know older people got to like experience the moon landing and Well, um,
1: the uh so called moon landing. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I played that joke on a friend the other night. He was talking about what you're talking about. And I was like, do you think we'll ever make it to the moon? And he was like, you, you mean for the first time or the second time? Mean again? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, um, regardless of part. whether you believe we ever made it to the moon, uh, it's fun to watch. If you're a flat earther, I think you don't believe that any of these rocket launches are real. I think you believe they're all staged. I think that, I think that's the flat earth position. On is, this it? Stuff. is it? Yeah, what, is I think the, they believe it's is, like Elon's in cahoots with whomever and they've been just faking everything and it's all, you know, I don't know what uh, they, yeah.
1: I guess it would make sense that the flat earthers have a big overlap with the moon landing deniers yeah obviously how can you get to the moon if
0: (laughs) if it's like a dot on a piece of paper in this i don't know what the moon is for the flat earthers but whatever yeah um
1: anyway (laughs) go watch
0: go watch it i think it's like uh it's somewhere around noon pacific maybe three something eastern I, i i'm not exactly sure of the time but go watch the go watch the rocket launch rocket launches are cool if you have kids bring your kid uh Watch a rocket launch. That's my positive. That's as positive as I can get about this week. Um, if you're going to watch stuff on fire, at least watch it under a rocket, not in the middle of St. Paul. So, uh,
1: I would say if you have the ability, like Dr. K said earlier in chat, go support Stephen B on Instagram. Oh, yeah. He's currently being inundated with hate and it can't be easy being at the eye of that kind of mobbing. Um, If you want to support our channel, you can go to Subscribestar.com and look for Unsafe Space, and you can subscribe for as little as a dollar a month or as much as you want. You can um, even give us a one-time tip. If you subscribe, you get one of these cool little stickers that Carter sent me.
0: I haven't sent them Uh, out to the subscribers yet, but they're coming. Uh, Even if you're a $1 level subscriber, you'll get a sticker. Um, So, yeah. And... I, I have to... I can't... You know how something's just stuck in your head and I can't let it out? I can't not let it out. Elvacaro says, personally, I'm a cube earther and this reminded me of... And that, my liege, is why we believe the earth to be banana-shaped. So I'm going to leave it. with... Oh,
1: wait, what is that Monty from? Python
0: quote. Oh, Monty <laughs> Python,
1: I was thinking the other three.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, we'll just leave it at that. Have a good weekend, everyone. Um, don't forget, you can like, share, and subscribe. You can go to Subscribestar.com to support us. You can buy merch uh you can i don't know you can write checks to us hell but uh yeah have a good weekend don't miss the don't miss the launch which will hopefully happen anything else carrie you good
1: thanks carter thanks guys for joining us Bye. talk to you later